When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, this is Tony Cotti, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. A perfect week for West Ham United. A 1-0 victory away in the Europa Conference League at Anderlecht. Extended West Ham's lead at the top of the group stage to five points. A win against Anderlecht at home this Thursday guarantees our qualification for the knockout stage and all of that before a 3-1 victory against Fulham at London Stadium in the Premier League. A team we always beat. Finally, some VAR and officiating decisions went our way and things are looking up for the Hammers. I'm joined by James Jones, as I just said. Jonesy, good to see you again, mate. Two wins from two for West Ham. Only one goal conceded, four goals scored. Couldn't have gone much better, could it? Yeah, what a week. What a week. Um, I found myself... It's been a woke up this morning. I found myself just kind of just smiling, just 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 smiling at life at, at West Ham because it was only what, what only a couple of weeks ago I was doom and gloom and just God, kind it was of a like, low point for you then. When it, it was yeah. a low point, and it was like, oh, I don't know, this is never going to get any better. We've only had two years of fun, and it's all going to go to pot. Mm, and it was creeping in. Everything else was affecting yeah, you, isn't it? The yeah. whole of the world. Yeah, the whole of the world was really getting to me. And, and now, literally, nothing can get to me at all. West Ham are massive again. We've, we've got a striker that we paid a lot of money for who's scoring goals. We've got one on the bench that comes off the bench and scores goals. We've got a record signing that actually looks pretty good. And it's just, it's, it's wonderful. It really is nice. It's just, a, what a time <laughs> to be alive, mate. <laughs> this is sensational. I must admit, Jonesy, when I sort of suggested a couple of weeks ago that it is actually West Ham's form that determines your mood. You assured me, you're like, no, look, I've been busy. There's other stuff going on. Every time you turn the news on, there's a financial crisis, there's a threat of nuclear war, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, both of those things 
are still present in our lives. West Ham, West Ham win two games um, and go 13th in the Premier League. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely bouncing off the ceiling, mate. No, so, I mean, are you willing to concede that maybe a little more stand than you previously uh, led me to believe? No, I mean, yeah, it does really dictate 90% of my, my mood every single <laughs> week. Um, you're right, all the other rubbish is still going on in the world uh, and I'm still incredibly busy. Um, can barely have time to breathe these days, but I'm, I'm going and West Ham will keep me going very, very strong. And I had such a good time on Sunday. I just It was it was just so lovely to watch. Skamaka could have had about eight. Paquetto could have set him all up for him. It was just Itilo Carroll geeing the fans up and it was just it was just wonderful. It was so nice. Um yeah, and like just, just the thought of actually having a striker that's that you can kind of now kind of almost go, Yeah, Skamaka will score today. Like I mean, we've never not had that for ages. Like it's weird. So I'm happy. I'm I'm gonna be positive all, all for the for the next hour I'm gonna be extremely positive. West Ham are back and um you know, you look at the table, they might only be 13th, but it's only what four, we're only four or five points off top six. It's on. Yeah. It's on. Majorly on, mate. Yeah. So yeah. totally agree with you. Well, I'm delighted um, about your positive demeanour, Jonesy. It's a, uh, it's a great relief to me, I'll be quite honest, because um, being the one to have to cheer up uh, the your fellow negative, pessimistic co-host is, is quite the job. <laughs> and I apologise you've had to do it for all these years. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to see you back. Um, it was um, somewhat of a um, of a fortunate, perhaps we're not fortunate, but you know I, the decisions went our way in the in the Fulham game, um, and we'll we'll get onto those when we review that game in a little bit more detail in the next section. The winner and elect I feel was fairly deserved. Uh, Alphonse Ariola makes a good save, but. These are the sort of things that I was talking about whereby we haven't had, we, you know, we have had a week where a bit of luck and a couple of things that could have gone a different way have gone our way. And, you know, we've got two wins from two off the back of it away in Europe and, and at home in the Premier League. I was watching the game with a um, friend of mine or a colleague of mine who is a Fulham fan. Who before the game just was like, well, yeah, we've lost this. We, where our record against West Ham is absolutely atrocious. I mean, Fulham have got a terrible record in London derbies, but uh, their record against West Ham is particularly poor. I don't remember ever losing to Fulham <laughs> in history. They've only beaten us four times. I was looking at it this morning, and and actually, they've only beaten us away from home once, and that was their first ever in their first ever season in the Premier League in like nineteen. 19- was well, I think it was like two thousand one. It's the only time they've won away against us. So yeah, I, I probably should have been more confident last week. To be fair, oh yeah, I was just same when we play Villa, Fulham yeah. Villa. I'm just like, well, there's six points. Yeah, cheers. But um, yeah, that was good. What have you been up to anyway? We'll get into football in a minute. Anything exciting happening? No, very much like last week. Nothing to report. Um, I did me did me batch existing as an adult and a father. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I did my batch cooking shop, which I spoke briefly about last week, and it's my yeah. first batch cook, which is which has gone down very well. Still done? alive, still alive. So still alive. It works. <laughs> positive, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. literally, like 
doused it in hot sauce, which is like my favourite thing to do. Mm. Um, so that was nice, nice little treat, a little pick me up every day, spicy, yeah. spicy pasta, and um, yeah, just yeah, not not a great deal to report, mate. What about you? You've had a shave. I've had a shave. Yeah, literally, I'm talking minutes before this podcast. I never, ever, ever, ever take the razor and do all of my face, namely because it makes me look about 14. Um, As opposed to 15. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I was just convinced I'm getting more and more haggard as the weeks go by. Um, but yeah, I was, well, my face was getting a witchy this week, so I'd run out of Harry's Blades because uh, um, my dad used to just, he did the subscription uh, and he got the package whereby, um, you know, he just used to get blade far more blades than he needed delivered to his house. So it's quality every like few weeks when I'd nip, go back around there. Um, I just swipe a couple of boxes of Harry's blades off him, save myself a few quid. Um, and finally, very much for him, like, you know, the, the, when you have a gym membership and just don't go, mm. it was like that for him. He'd like signed up to the free trial two years ago and they just <laughs> continued taking his money and sending him razor blades. Didn't need since, which suited me down to the ground. But he finally had the time and the wherewithal to uh, to cancel his subscription, given that he's got about 75 razor blades at home. Uh, so I've had to start buying my own, which at age 30, um, I feel is... They're not cheap either, are they, razor blades? No, I just... Eight pounds for five. Mm. I'm sure the subscription thing probably makes them cheaper. This isn't an ad, by the way, for Harry's. I know no. they do advertise on a lot of podcasts. But uh, yeah, so I had to, that's why I was a couple of minutes late for the podcast, because I put my aftershave balm on. Uh, and I realised as soon as I looked at the camera, it hadn't rubbed in at all properly. And <laughs> and I looked like one of those, um, you know, like the uh, like the 1600s, like the Renaissance period, where um, like all the French, you'd see the French people, like the French aristocracy, and have big curly wigs, and all the women would put that like white makeup on to make them look ghostly because that was the fashion at the time. Mm. Yeah, I looked like that as I sat down to look in the camera. So quickly have to rub that in um i'll tell you one thing jonesy actually this is a perfect opportunity to do it you know i like to put you under pressure cool. uh, for things um oh gee i was just going to actually and then i've just remembered you replied i sent out invitations um or sort of provisional invites because i'm going to have a few birthday drinks up in london uh, in a month's time actually uh, on my birthday and yeah you took a little bit long to reply but i've just remembered you eventually did so I was going to give you a load of grief for that, but fortunately, did, I think I did reply, mate. Um, and I'm still still trying to work out whether um, I have plans or not. And if I don't, I I'll, feel like... I'll, I'll feel like in a month's time, you know, which is sort well, of the reason for the early invite. You say that. Everyone but... listening is going, he doesn't want to go. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, busted. Um, yeah. No, you say that, but this is this time of year when I've got a lot of families, family birthdays um, and lots of plans coming up. So I just need to just make sure that that day is not is not mm. taken. Uh, I know you've invited Lou. She won't be able to come because we won't be able to bring Harrison along on a Friday night to the pub as much that's, as I'd love to. Um, but uh, if it's not if it's not um, if it's not double booked, I will book it and it'll be in my calendar. There we go. I was going to say I sort of appreciate the family birthday call from you there, but I've known you about five years now, so sort of 
Effectively, his family already, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I'll add you to the the family birthdays list. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you have a friends invite you to stuff, you can say, "No, no, I've got a family birthday." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do the podcast with. <laughs> really? All right. Um. So yeah, there's a bit of that, Jonesy. Been on the radio a couple of times. Um. Uh, just working hard, getting player played. Star told you I joined the new Sunday League football team this year, Pearly Saint Germain. Um, lost our first game of the season on Sunday, 3-2. Uh, could have nicked a late equaliser at the end, but wouldn't have deserved one, to be quite honest. Poor performance, nowhere near mobile enough in midfield. Uh, and I've been playing centre-back, which I've never, ever played in my entire life. I don't know if that's just a sign that I'm getting old mm. or because I'm new to the team this year and they seem to be lacking a centre-back. Uh, it's like, what well, if you want to play? <laughs> constantly playing a striker on side because you're out of position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or oh, just being like by the halfway line while everyone else is like on the edge of the box. Um but yeah, so it's been going reasonably well, but yeah, didn't deserve it on Sunday. But uh no, other than that, mate, sort of um yeah, just getting me head down. Nothing that exciting, no niche uh, topics to talk about this week. Did another Audi shop, which was decent. All the bathroom stuff, we're getting the bathroom done. So all that stuff's being delivered at the moment. We're ordered all the stuff up, so I've got a bath and uh, a load of just uh, non-indescript cardboard boxes sitting in the corner of the lounge. So, yeah, nothing um, nothing hugely exciting, mate. Just keep my head down for a bit. Uh, and then birthday next month, which sort of leads us nicely into Christmas. Uh, let's talk about football. Uh, I don't think uh, people want to hear too much about our lives um, at this stage of the podcast after 12 minutes. Don't forget, though, you can follow We Are West Ham and me and Jonesy on social media. On Twitter, we're at We Are underscore West Ham. Uh, I'm at William Pugh underscore James is at by James Jones. You can get us on Instagram where We Are West Ham pod. Facebook and YouTube, search We Are West Ham podcast. Uh, get over to the YouTube as well. Subscribers going up. Videos get more and more views, more engagement in the comments, which is good. And you can email us if you so wish at buy me a... No, you can't. That's the wrong link for that. You can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com. And you can buy us a beer and support the pod at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. The, the beers are a fiver each. And the money comes straight to me and Jonesy and will only be spent on pints over a bar when we're both together or podcast equipment and guest fees to make the pod better for you. We have got a guest coming up in the next couple of weeks, actually, quite an exciting one. Uh, we're just trying to nail down a date at the moment. Uh, and once we've got that in the bag, I'll be able to let you know about that. So that is good. That's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam if you want to support the podcast. Well, Jonesy, two wins from two. We've got to react to both of those as well as two opposition Views, we go Southampton in the league on the weekend after that return leg against Anderlecht. Game four of six in the Europa Conference League group on Thursday. So without further ado, first things first, let's react to that Fulham win in the Premier League next. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
3-1 Jonesy. Fulham take the lead through what at first looked like a bit of a dodgy a dodgy goalkeeping mistake or uh, just more so an effort from Andreas Pereira that Fabianski should have saved. It's, oh, he's at a tight angle there. Uh, so it's near post, etc., etc. But having watched it back a few times, he that is a dream of a strike. He mm. absolutely leathered it. It was high, aiming towards a corner, going across the goal, simply gave Fabianski no time to get his hand on the end of it. Uh, are you of the same opinion uh, on that? Or obviously that was before the comeback and the positive stuff, so we'll get that out of the way first. You know, when the goal went in, we, we were down the other end of the, the, the pitch, so I didn't realise actually how narrow it was for him. I, I thought he'd, he'd only just got into the box when he took the shot. Which is why I thought, oh, what a finish that was. But I knew it was a good finish. Um, it was only when I watched the replay after the game and I thought, oh, no, it's even better than I thought it was. Because <laughs> it's just a, just a superb goal. Like, fair play to him. Um, and it's just, I just think it's hilarious that after that moment, Pereira's game went, went south. <laughs> it's quite funny. But, um, yeah, good finish. Uh, I don't think Fabianski could have done much about it. Um, just annoying that, like, once again, we started slow. Started slowly. Go one nil down again. Um, give us a bit of a job to do, but thankfully we did it. Yeah, I, I honestly just at first you think uh, it, it's easy just to go. Oh, yeah, he's got to be saving that. But it was a it was an absolutely superb finish. That was five minutes in. You think, oh no, come on! Like it's Fulham. If we even mm. start Fulham, we are in trouble. Uh, and they looked really good, didn't they? They hit the bar with Dan James. Not long after that, and you thought, come on, we need to get a grip on this game quickly. And I think when that, that penalty came in the way it did in the fashion it did, so stupid, like you mentioned from, from Pereira there. They're both all over Dawson. They know how good he is in the air, so they were double-teaming him. Understandably, that's okay. But you clearly like blocking him off and pushing him and pulling him beforehand. The ref goes and has a word with him. It was obviously down your end of the stadium, so you would have seen it. The ref goes and had a word, has a word with him. And you think, okay, right, well... You know, he's, as long as he watches it and you know what's going to happen here, though, Dawson's going to steam into one of them. One of them's going down and Fulham are going to get a free kick. Here we go. And then for him, to, he like wrapped his arm around him and effectively like rugby tackled him to the ground. Dawson obviously goes down and the ref yeah, just points to the spot. No doubt about it. And again, I told you I was watching with a Fulham fan who's going, how's that a penalty? And I was like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. the most blinkered one-eyed fan like when I'm watching and I almost do it on purpose especially when I'm watching with fans of the other team to be a bit annoying <laughs> um, and I was like come on even I wouldn't be like talking about that it was a blatant penalty and just so stupid yeah it, it happened right in front of us it was on that side of the box where we were as well so we could see it happening when, when Dawson was on the floor the first time and ref's gone over to and had a word and then there was a couple of other times it's like three warnings he had and we were going, well, when we do finally take this this corner, it's going to be a penalty because he's going to touch him again. And now Dawson knows that one bit of contact and he's going to go down because he knows after three warnings. And we were like, yeah, watch, we're going to get a penalty here. And just the like, it was so stupid of Pereira. We, we, we were all just like in fits of laughter. We just couldn't believe we were just that stupid. Um, but yeah, like it was very clear what they were trying to do. Um, fair play to him being able to pull pull Dawson down because um, he's not it's like half the size of Dawson bless him but I he think, still managed to yeah. do it um, but yeah like, Dawson's it, trying to stay up yeah, yeah but yeah, come here, I'm with you. 
it was it was just a, a really stupid thing to do. Um, I watched it back again this morning, extended highlights, and just can't help but laugh at the whole situation because, uh, yeah, after after your second warning, that should be right. Okay, maybe put someone else on Dawson, maybe swap, mm. um, and instead he just goes and does it another two times. Um, and yeah, good penalty from from Bowen. Just didn't keep it the wrong way, um, which I was a little bit concerned actually because Leno had already pulled off two brilliant saves from Skamaka. I thought oh, no, it wouldn't surprise me if Leno saved this as well because he looked like he was going to have a good game. Uh, but yeah, good penalty and yeah. um, just... good, good timing as well. Just felt like midway through the first half, um, we were just getting back into it after a slow start, like you mentioned. It was looking a little bit ropey after they hit the bar, but yeah, good timing. And we can, and then we kind of just built into the game from there. I mean, that's what I was going to say the, from Pereira's point of view. Such poor timing from, from Fulham. If you're Marco Silva, you've got to be fuming with that because mm. they were so in the game. They were so on top, weren't they? And they were creating some good chances and playing well. And that's why you think, well, don't do that now. Yeah. I, I just find with that, it's totally different, right? If, if a good ball is swung in and Craig Dawson dominates you in the air and smashes a header into the back of the net, you go, that's annoying. That's annoying. But don't just hand it to West Ham on a plate. Do you know what I mean? Because the chances are your team's going to clear it. Don't just hand it to West Ham on a plate. Yeah. Because, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd just, I'd, I don't know. I just thought it was a, uh, it, it was just, yeah, just a bit silly and a bit mindless. And you'd think, I just, You'd, if that's West Ham or you were a Fulham fan, you'd be going, "What have you done there?" And mm. it did kill the kill the momentum, didn't it? So um, Skamaka obviously gets the 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 goal to make it two one. Very very weird. Uh, gets played through at first, and I thought he was offside because and then and because of that, he seemed to think he was offside as well. Bobby Deckard over Reed. It was the right back who was playing him on who was in the right-back position, but um, Skamaka is obviously in the uh, the sort of, in Fulham's left channel. So West Ham's right, um, which was on the up, sort of other side of the pitch that Deckard over-read. Skamaka's facing away from him. So as far as he can tell, he's miles offside. And he gets through and he was almost like, uh, and he half controlled it. And then just like, it looked like he just dinked it over the keeper because like you do when you're offside and you sort of know it, but you're like, oh, I'll just put the ball in the net anyway because it slows the game down, whatever. Um, and he just stood there, didn't he? Just like, and Paqueta's trying to celebrate with him. And he's like, you could just tell. He, oh, I, again, so it looked to me like he just thought he was miles offside, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of people had mentioned handball. And I was what, like, you saw the replays because I was working um, at work so I wasn't in the stadium, but I was watching the game and you saw the, uh, notice how I'm at Payne's Jonesy every week now to, to say, oh, I've watched the game just after Audi, Audi alias TT at a pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Notice that. He watches the game, yeah. <laughs> um, just like giving you loads of really like weird details about it just to show that I was watching the whole 90 minutes. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, you, you see that and then, they're showing the replays and they're saying checking for offside and he was onside and I, I was delighted then so I was like, oh, quality. Well, that's the that's the thing to worry about because it genuinely didn't, to me, look like a blatant handball and, and all the replays they showed, it wasn't 100% clear. The ref's given the goal and the VAR 
stipulations, as we all know, are if it's a clear and obvious error, then you overturn the decision or recommend the referee goes to review at the screen. Well, they didn't think it was a clear and obvious error. And the, the, the word from Stockley Park is that they couldn't definitively say that Jan Lucas Schumacher had handballed it. And I genuinely feel the same. I was I had a Tottenham fan next to me in the office. He's going, that's blatant. And I was like, come on. It's not blatant. Like, look at it. You tell me exactly when and where. It was mm. only a little bit later once you've seen a few more angles and you think maybe when the ball's on the way up that you think, it's rather, not the elbow one. No, 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 not the elbow oh, one. the other one. Yeah, looks more clear. The elbow one, I, I was pretty sure wasn't. But even so, you've had to watch it like 15 times and, you know, you sort of go, fair enough, and he was onside. Um, what were your... What was it like sort of from in the ground then? Because uh, you were obviously the other end by then. But it was confusing. It was confusing because, I mean, when we saw him just not celebrating, just stand there, it was like, it kind of, it shut the entire celebration with the fans off. Everyone was like, oh, what does he know that we don't? Why isn't he <laughs> celebrating? And everyone kind of just, it just killed the atmosphere a little bit because it was like, oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah. Um, looked at the linesman, looked at the ref. They've both given it and it's like, well, he, he, he clearly either thinks he's offside or he knows he's handballed it and he's waiting for the goal to be ruled out. Mm. Um, or he's kind of standing there a bit sheepishly thinking, I might get away with this one. Um, but we obviously where we were sitting, we couldn't see either. So we were just like, well, he, the fact he's not celebrated suggests that there's something wrong with the goal and he knows it. Yeah. So we were just waiting for the, it to be ruled out. We were just like, yeah. Uh, even though they did show it on the um, on the big screen once just before it went to VAR. Um, and couldn't see a handball, so just assumed it was offside. Um, and then obviously he points to the centre circle and it's a goal, and then Skamaka goes mental and runs up to the fans, and it's like everyone just jumps up as if the goal's just happened again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it was like it was a really strange, really bizarre moment. But I mean, I I would be if that if that was ruled out, I'd have been annoyed. I'd have been really annoyed having seen yeah. seen the um, the the replays. It's not clear and obvious. No. Um, he's. I mean, it, I did wonder whether maybe it did touch his elbow. The Fulham players like were adamant that it was definitely handball. Um, which again made me think, oh, maybe it is. But haven't seen the replays. I would be. I would have been livid had that been ruled out. I'd have been very, very upset. Um, but yeah, thankfully, it went our way this week, which was nice because it's um we've had, we've had a lot of those that go against us this season. Yeah, well, that was it, and it was it was one of those. It was that just feeling of relief afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the the Fulham, um, yeah, like the Fulham stance on it was one, an irritating one. Obviously, Mikel Antonio wraps up the win with the most Mikel Antonio goal you could ever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the balls played over. Um, he. Uh, like as he's he's going for the ball, and I will note by the way, Paulina it was, João Paulina, who comes in with a knee-high slide tackle on Mikel Antonio and tries to wipe him out. Oh, right, Antonio does like volleyball it, <laughs> volleyball technique it into his path, <laughs> run for a goal, have the world's worst shot ever, which has just had Mikel Antonio written all over it. Uh, Leno makes the save. Uh, Tim Ream it was who come and inexplicably kicked it back into Leno, which then deflected off of him into Antonio's path. And he showed great composure then, I must admit, to sell the dummy, sit him down, sit Ream down, I think it was, and then 
and then slot it into the empty net. Obviously, brilliant stuff. But I mean, the fact he had the goal to celebrate it is just like it's just we, the worst, luckiest, flukiest goal you ever did. He kind of he kind of celebrated, but didn't. If you like, he did that little dance with um, Zuma was forcing him to care of. But yeah, but if you actually look at it, like he's not he, he, not smiling. He's like, well, nah. I got away with that one a little bit. I was a little bit lucky that Tim Ream just decided to just <laughs> kick it at his goalkeeper for a laugh. Yeah, and um, the one, the fact that he'd like. It looked like he was playing Gaelic football on the way, like, so yeah. like punching it into his own path. Yeah. But I'm not being funny. That tackle from Paulinia makes it like changes his action, mm. and he gets nowhere near the ball, and his like boot was like knee high. That's yeah. a proper out of control sort of thing or whatever. So I'm not having that it was as 100. But that one was was definitely lucky. And Fulham fans afterwards, I don't know, I don't normally do this, but Don Betts, who used to work at Love Sport Radio, where we used to do this show, this podcast was born. Uh, big big Fulham fan, um, radio producer as well. He runs the Fulhamish podcast, and so we followed that account for for a long time. <laughs> and they obviously weren't very happy about it after the game because they're posting like. Uh, I think one of them was like, ah, oh, uh, great day in history. The first day ever handballs don't count in football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then they posted another one, which was just a video of Mikel Antonio literally like playing Gaelic football and like punting it um, with his fist into his, his path as he was running for a goal. <laughs> and I just replied um, uh, to that one, just saying, well, he was protecting his... He was protecting himself from the career-threatening knee-high challenge. And <laughs> uh, the other one, the Fulhamish pod do a thing where, <clears throat> excuse me, where they do like a give us your three-word reviews. So you've got like all the Fulham fans in there going like completely, utterly robbed. Um, <laughs> like, VAR is disgrace. <laughs> uh, ref clearly blind, like, you know, um, all that sort of thing. So I just replied from the podcast account and wrote best team one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, don't, I normally reserve that sort of baiting for people in person, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it did make me laugh. Fulham fans are clearly not happy about it. Same feelings we all had after the Chelsea game, of course. Uh, but it does feel from a West Ham point of view, not that I'd be pleased or it would be any consolation if you were Fulham, but it does feel like uh, justice or sort of karma has sort of swung back in, back in our favour after being robbed twice. We're still owed one as well. If if that levels us up for the Chelsea game, uh, we're still owed some karma for the Nottingham Forest game, I think. Although, no, you could probably say that we got that against Villa, couldn't you, with Fornells' finish? I think yeah, no, but that's, but that's not a, that's not like a bad decision that's gone against us. Yeah, yeah. Just... Ben Rama's goal got disallowed. Yeah, and but and should have been sent off for the, the Villa one. That doesn't count towards ruling any of that out because it, it was just yeah, it was just a fortunate, fortunate deflection. Yeah, but that was the it world's luckiest goal. But it wasn't like it, it wasn't like a, a bad decision. Um, in, in that it was he picked the ball up first before kicking it. No, no, I'm talking about good and bad it. luck as well, not just yeah. decisions. Because yeah. we had the bad luck at Forest when we had the two that hit the bar and bounced off the line, didn't we? Yeah, and then could have easily then the Benrahma goal. Yeah, so um, it's luck and decisions, just general all-round karma. Yeah, I don't know. I still think, given the the magnitude of the Chelsea one, mm. I, 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 it will take more than 
Two handball goals being given for us. I mean, it would take more more than just arm and arm and over, uh, over whether Skamaka did handball or elbow it or whatever he was supposed to have done to to undo a perfectly a perfectly good goal at okay. Bridge. Like, but how about this? The Chelsea one would have only earned us a point. I feel like we, if we, if we, Fulham fans are saying those two goals shouldn't have been disallowed. The decisions that went in our favour on the weekend earn us two. So in the car mistake, surely, I know the decision was worse at Chelsea, but the actual outcome, as far as points go, you'd no, probably, you'd ra- I'd think- rather have had the Fulham ones and been on the wrong end of the Chelsea one because I think, I think a- two points and only lost one. I think there's a case for the Antonio one, but I've seen a lot of people today. Neutral behave. I'm not even a Fulham fan. It was blatant. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen some neutrals today. No, not just West Ham fans, but neutrals on on Twitter this morning saying that the reason why it wasn't ruled out was because it was it was a different phase of play. So because he's had the shot, it's hit Leno, come out, and then Tim Reams had a had a mare and oh, ended right. up scoring from that because he scored from a different phase of play. They can't go back and ch- and stop it. If he if he doesn't have the worst shot in the world and he doesn't kick it, hit it straight at Leno and he scores, then mm. the likelihood is that they rule that they rule that goal out. But apparently, because it's a different phase, VAR didn't check it. I which, spoke to Mark Kelsey yesterday, the former Premier League ref we've had on the podcast before. He said definitely should have been ruled out for deliberate handball. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, but yeah. there's the the, the that the saying it's a different phase of phase of play kind of it makes sense as to why they why they probably didn't look at it if if that's what they're the, the actual thinking and that it's a different phase you go okay fair enough um I still think that I mean I wouldn't have been I would have been a little bit annoyed but I wouldn't have been like oh we've just been robbed of a of a goal there if they ruled it out for uh, for handball the Skamaka one I would have been really annoyed at that had they ruled that out I think it was yeah because that wasn't clear and obvious from my point of view yeah like it... he was onside you couldn't like definitely tell that it hit his hand or his elbow you exactly. literally couldn't from all the angles exactly so with that in mind it's really only one goal that I think Fulham fans can feel really hard done by in terms of decisions. And we're already winning um, then anyway. And we're already winning anyway. So, I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. We won. Oh, I do I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Karma-wise, I think I think the least we can say now is that we're back on a, an even kill, I think. I, gen- I think we're back on an even kill. We've got two games where we got some luck, which was Villa um, and Fulham at the weekend and luck slash decisions are all in one pot if you ask me and then we got two games where it went against us so I'm sort of oh, alright maybe maybe we get like we, we maybe we're owed a half a I mean, half I, of I think the Chelsea one is worth five mate <laughs> come no, on no but only because it's Look so at, bad but exactly it's like, so bad yeah but it only denied us a point so it doesn't matter the karma thing it's like, alright yeah it was a bad decision the karma gods or whatever who decide all these things they're looking oh. down and going, right. well, look, it's only a point. You've, I know the, the, the decision was bad, but you've only been denied a point. I'll tell you what we'll do. Look, we'll give you a couple of decisions. One of them will be a bit spurious and one of them that will be a bit funny because um, it'll be like so blatantly obvious. And then the goal will be really crap as well <laughs> that you'll all be laughing. Uh, but you'll already be 2-1 up, so it won't matter as much. But you'll earn two points out of a bit of luck later on. 
that's what the karma gods have done. And you've just yeah. got to, you know, you can't be digging them out, mate, because they'll be listening to this and thinking, well, if you're going to be ungrateful, then, you know, uh, we'll just make sure next time the decisions aren't as bad, but you only earn one point instead of two. And that's well, the that, sort of game well, I want to be playing. Well, in that case, then, now you put it like that, and I've, I've, this is the first time I've heard the karma gods listen as well. I mean, Oh yeah, they're noisy. So oh, let, let me just make it very clear that I'm incredibly grateful, Karma Gods. Yeah. Um, for you to for you to attempt to even even up the the bad karma we've had already this season. Um, but I would also be incredibly grateful if you could continue that run of good karma. Um, mm. for for you know for as long as it it takes. Because we're that, alive. <laughs> for as long as we're alive, or for as long as it takes for you to undo the bad karma of the Chelsea game, is that better for you? All right, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So, in your opinion, the Chelsea calm is not quite undone yet. Yeah, I mean, these the karma gods are reasonable people, mate. You can make a case to them. You yeah. can appeal decisions and stuff like that. So, in their rule book, it might be no. It's one for one. There's no not one decision, regardless so of how bad it is, bad it is. Yeah. has has any more weight than the other. Fine. Yeah. But I don't. I've never seen their rule book. I no, don't know no, what their rule book is. no, and that's right. So it's not publicly available, is it? No, it's just my opinion. I think that we probably owe two or three more decisions before Chelsea can be put to bed. That's what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, obviously, you, there's no transparency with the appeals process. You only find out during the game whether or not your appeal moment. has been successful. Yeah. So yeah. look forward to that and elect on Thursday, uh, first of all, before Southampton in the Premier League. Anything else to note then, Jonesy, from afterwards? Declan Rice talking afterwards, saying momentum's building. Moisey was really funny in his post-match interview. He said oh, he was asked, oh, Michael, uh, Marco Silva was adamant um, that it was handball and that it was a penalty. And he went, yeah, well, I wasn't. Which <laughs> uh, was funny, but yeah, anything else sort of um, to comment on that game before we move on to the Anderlecht uh, win in the Conference League? No, I think I think just want to touch on what, what I briefly touched on right at the beginning about Skamaka and Paqueta. Like I thought, both of them, hmm. uh, Skamaka's probably this is what he's third, it's three and three now for him, six all season, six and twelve. Um, Paqueta could have set him up for a hat trick. Uh, it looks like those two have really connected. I think Skamaka even said that they've they've got a really good connection going. Um, I just I just think that's so important, given how much money we spent on them and how desperately we needed a striker to come in and hit the ground running, uh, but also someone with a little bit of creativity in midfield. Um, and it looks like we've got that. It's cost us a lot of money to get it, but it just if it really does feel like that's going to work. One this this season, those two, if we can keep them both fit. That's obviously the big question if we can keep both fit. But it's just so nice to to have players like that in the squad that you just know that they're going to make a difference, the difference makers. Um, and it's just great to see a striker sign for the club and score goals. And like I think Moyes said afterwards um, that he could have scored four or five different goals. Like that's how good he is. Like he's, he's he can score headers. He can hit him from distance. He can lob the keeper. He's got a lot of goals in him, and they're all different goals. He's got a lot of versatility about him. Um, and I just thought all round he had a really good game. Um, with every passing game, he's impressing me. Um, and Biquetta, obviously, is it's going to channel my inner Moyes and go, obviously, it's going to take time for to, to, to bed to bed in. But he's beginning to look the real deal now as well. Um, so, yeah, just really, really exciting. And Tilo Kerr continues to... Um, to, to really steal my heart with every passing game because that man is just... He seems to be splitting opinion though, Jones. Oh, no, mate, come on. Colleagues at work are like, oh, he's, rub- he, 
someone said on the weekend, he actually said he's rubbish. Nah, the guys, the guy, it costs us 11 million quid. He can play centre back and right back, and both he's played both this season, and both in both those positions, he's really, really impressed. He's right back for Germany, yeah. Um, like. I think it's just it's been one of the bargains of, of, of the season so far, not just for West Ham, but I think in the Premier League in terms of how much you cost and what you get, how much you cost and what you get for it. Um, and again, like it just it just impressed me. I thought it was really good. It wasn't one of his best games, but I thought it was really good. Um, and he gets it like geeing the fans up every opportunity. You know, really going for it every time he goes like he's, he's been near the touchline. Like the ball goes out of play, he's like gesturing to the fans, "Come on, let's go!" And like what like. The bloke just gets it, and I love that. I just love that. It just brings a tear <laughs> are, to my eye. Makes me so you are funny, Josie, aren't you? You're yeah. such a like, bright, um, sort of intelligent, switched-on bloke. Yet there is that side of your personality that you're just as like, you know, you can be the really, uh, what's it called, influenced and impacted by a well-reasoned, well-thought-out, logical, honed argument, blah, blah, blah. You're open to all those sort of things. Um, but also, like, <laughs> it's some someone just like bangs their chest at a throw in. Stadium and go, come it's on Fulham. for the yeah. fans. You will absolutely love that, won't you? There'll be cynics in there going, leave it out, mate. Just co- f- focus on the football. You're drawing one all with like Bournemouth or whatever. Just ah. stop all that. Just get on with it. Okay. And you're <laughs> you will absolutely fall in love with people for that sort of stuff. I will, you? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I will, and like, I, I have, I, I genuinely have. I fall in love. I fall in love with the bloke. I, I just not just because he he, bang, he you know, beats his chest to the fans and gestures to the fans, you know, to to rip up a bit of an atmosphere. But he's, he's been a really good signing for us. Mm. I think he's been a really good signing, and for eleven million quid, someone tweeted uh, the other day and just said, like, genuinely, like, you don't get value for money like that in today's market for a player of his 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 quality. quality. Um, you know, a player normally you're looking at 20 25 million quid for a player like that. And we've got him for just what just under 10 or just under 11. So, yeah, I think he's turning out to be the bargain of one of the bargains of the summer. But I think all round on Sunday, it was just it was oh, let's ignore the first 20 minutes before we got the penalty. Good performance, I think everyone you know, played well. I think Suchek still with a lot of question marks over, over him. I think first 20 minutes, yeah, but. But yeah, like all in all, good performance. Three points, thirteenth in the league, nosebleed territory again. Happy days. Yeah, happy days, mate. Exactly that. Yeah, bit of a dodgy start for Kara, wasn't it? Was it penalty? Gave away penalty, a penalty yeah. and scored an oggy. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Sort of coming into his own in the eyes of some, anyway. Uh, the eyes of those probably. The guy I was speaking to is a notoriously dour man, uh, and right. definitely isn't the sort of bloke who would be at all affected by someone. G'ing up the fans. If anything, that would make him less inclined to be G'd up. Do you know what I mean? That would make him quite the opposite effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be annoyed that someone would tell him what to do (laughs) (laughs) and just stay there even quieter than he may have been before. Um, Yeah, as you mentioned, 13 in the league. Southampton away, Liverpool away, Bournemouth at home, Man United away are our next games in the league, which takes us up to the end of October. Uh, and we've got those, our final three Europa Conference League games starting at Adelaide on Thursday. Before we look ahead to those, let's look back briefly to that 1-0 win in Belgium on Thursday night next. Yeah, 
So, Jonesy, you mentioned your main man, Gianluca Scamacca, for his, uh, about his goal against Fulham at the weekend. He also scored the only goal last Thursday as West Ham made it three wins from three in the Europa Conference League. We agreed before and Andlecht away was going to be our most difficult game. We've overcome it. I told you we were going to go unbeaten for the entire group stage when you were trying to tell me that this was a more difficult group than our Europa League group was last season. Um, I seem to be the most on target at the moment. Talking of on target, West Ham only managed three shots on target. And elect uh, 18 shots in total, just three of them on target to Andalek's two. Um, a good win, great win. Obviously, the three points is all that matters. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure it could it could have easily gone the other way, couldn't it? Ariola makes that good save. Mm. Uh, it was just quite a, an entertaining game of football, I thought. But um, it's just one of those where it's great to win. And I just already I had this conversation the other day. It's West Ham winning away in Europe. Mm. And it's almost already like, and I know that's the nature of football sometimes, but it's, oh, it wasn't convincing enough for some fans. And I'm like, just screw your head on. Get a grip. We were, we came 16th in the Premier League two years ago. Now we're playing, all right, they may not be the, the same levels they once were, but a giant of a European football, a name known across Europe in Anderlecht. And we're going there away in a European competition and winning away mm. uh, and winning, sorry. You know, people are like, oh, it wasn't quite as, it's just, it's like if those people that if you don't win 3-0, they're angry. And it's like, bloody hell, lads. We just won away in Europe. Remember mm. West Ham? Yeah. Our third consecutive win in this group stage. And we're probably going to, we're looking like we'll go deep in this competition. And people get like sneering at it. I'm like, just, I don't know, it's just delusion, if you ask me. <clears throat> I don't think you can sneer at it. I think actually, there was a lot after the game made of um, the fact that what changed the game was more as being able to bring on Rice, Piquetta and Skamaka. And that's just uh, evidence that the strength in depth now is um, far better than it was last year. Um, um, but you can guarantee, and it did change the game. See, Piquetta assisted Skamaka. Rice looked pretty good. Um but you can bet your bottom dollar that Moyes would have rather have not been in that position to bring on those three players to have to change the game. But regardless of all that, yeah, it's, it's a win. It doesn't matter who comes on the pitch and has to save the day. At the end of the day, like, it's a win. It probably it could have been a little bit more comfortable. See Ben Rama missing a sitter in the first half, blazing over from what, seven yards. It was a little hey, behind I, him, to be fair. Yeah, but I'm a little bit critical um, of Ben Rama. It was difficult for him. That, wasn't it, it? it was slightly behind him. I still probably would have liked to see him do a little bit better. But given it was slightly behind him, you can kind of see how he's ended up skying it because he is leaning back a bit. Um, but if he, hits that, if he gets that on target, it's a goal. Um, it's a couple of other chances. So it probably could have been a little bit more comfortable. Could have been the 3-0 that people were you know desperate, desperate to see. But you're right, 100% right. It's a win away in Europe. It's a clean sheet. It means we're maximum points after three games. And given the way that I think Silkeborg smashed FCSB, I don't know, it was 5-0, I think it was. Um, all we've got to do is what win, what, what ideally three more points out of the next three games and we've we've won the group. So, um, I think, yeah. I think, mate, I think if we, if we win the next, we win the next game, we're definitely through. 
but I think we just need we, another point to to win it. I, I think. think four points to win the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be in that situated position in Europe after three group games, you know, you can't you can't moan at that. You can't really pick, find any fault in it. Yeah, okay, it could have been a little bit a little bit more at Andelect, but you know, they're no mugs Andelect. You know, they had, they had oh. a chance themselves. Um. So yeah, I'm happy. And I'm confident that we'll, you know, at home on Thursday night against them, I'm confident that um, we will we will beat them again. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know how anyone could be negative after that, mate. I, I genuinely no, don't. Exactly that. No, a brilliant win for West Ham. One thing I did want to talk about, Jonesy. Um, I saw some reports after the game of fans being pepper sprayed on the way back to the stadium. I managed to speak to a few of them and uh, yeah, it sort of just didn't sound, didn't sound very good. I was hoping to have one of them on the podcast today, but I had to pull out uh, last minute. And the, the story, basically a thousand or so West Ham fans were being escorted back to the city center after the game by local police uh, reports. I spoke to the Belgian police as well, and their version of events was that a group of uh, fans at the front of this large escort uh, became violent and aggressive, is their words, not mine, uh, became violent and aggressive and attempted putting pressure on local police forces, at which point uh, pepper spray was deployed or was used uh, in order to push the fans back. Um, these are, again, words from the Belgian police who I spoke to last week. And the, yeah, I'm, there's lots of fans. The ones I spoke to were sort of further back in this group, like the middle of the escort, if you like, and were affected by this. Some talking about being like blinded for 20 minutes, streaming noses. I mean, I've never uh, been on the end of it before. Um, so I don't really know what it feels like, but it always looks awful when you watch it on on TV. Pretty barbaric. Um, it's obviously a more commonly used thing in Europe, a, a police method. Uh, and it just looked and sounded awful to the fans I spoke to. And, you know, it's, I think the, the ones I spoke to were adamant it was, they weren't involved in any trouble, just making their way back towards the city. Um, and, yeah, just just not very nice. Jonesy, just sort of, you know, you feel for people. It just sounds, the whole thing sounds horrible, to be honest. I mean, pepper spray just sounds grim. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that, that sort of happened afterwards. The, the There was some negative reaction towards the Met Police representatives. West Ham, you may see the account on Twitter. West Ham Met Police, it's called. Uh, there was a negative reaction towards them. Did speak to the Met as well. Um, and they said, and I understand it, they said that they sent four officers uh, in a strictly liaison capacity because that's all they can do. They can't send these officers um, to do police work on someone else's territory. It's the same thing with, you know, like in, in the States, certain police departments can't go outside their own jurisdictions. Exactly the same over here. You can't have British fans going over and telling other police forces how to police their own country. So they're there as like, liaisons to sort of you know keep that relationship as good as possible some of the reports i had from fans suggesting um you know that their reaction to the events wasn't very good and they're sort of like it's not our problem and 
it's not that it's not their problem. It's that they're only there to be able to talk to. Can't do anything, this. can they? Uh, they're, they're as strictly to as like information liaison, really, and to pass messages between one and the other, and sort of act as a bit of a buffer. Um, so worth noting that as well. But yeah, sort of. Um, I don't know. Like, just sort of heart goes out a little bit. You have thoughts of anyone affected by it because just just unpleasant. Josie, and, and there is unfortunately a little bit of a risk of that when um, you know when when you go away in Europe. Yeah, it's not nice to hear. Obviously, we don't know the full full story really of, of why or or why it happened. Um, but yeah, there is always a risk, and like annoyingly, like English football fans have a reputation. Um, and so, no West Ham fans were arrested. It's worth noting, which is and good. Otherwise, which is believed good. to be impeccably behaved. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think, I think you know, with, with the reputation that just gem- generally English fans have across Europe, mm. um, sometimes it sounds really awful. But sometimes it's unsurprising to hear of these reports when, these yeah. Um, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if it was just it was just the police being a little bit heavy-handed, not really knowing how to deal with it, not really knowing what to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know both sides of it. See, the, the Belgian police are given their side. Um, yeah, but, you know, re- really, unless you, unless you were there and you're telling 100% the truth, and you yeah, yeah. weren't there. So, um, no, every side's going to have their own their own story to it. But, yeah, it's just it's not nice. It's not nice to hear, but it's good that there were no arrests and... Um, those fans weren't, you know, permanently damaged from the from the pepper spray, and they're able to yep. recover and, and get on with their evening and their and, and their night and get get back home safely. Yeah, exactly that, mate. Right, I tell you what, let's um, we'll stick on the Andalek theme, and we'll look ahead to Thursday's game at London Stadium with the Andalek opposition view next. Hi everyone, Will here. Unfortunately, we were let down by our opposition view that we had lined up for the Anderlecht game. However, I am in the process of sorting someone out to speak to before Thursday's game, but just to make sure that we got the podcast out nice and quickly for you guys, you had enough time to listen to it. This week, the opposition view for the Anderlecht game won't be on the podcast, it will only be on our YouTube channel. So if keep an eye on that later in the week. If you don't subscribe already, head on over to We Are West Ham Podcast. Just search that on YouTube. You'll find the channel over there. Hit subscribe and keep an eye out for that video. I'm going to try and do it some point on Wednesday ahead of that game, Thursday night. And uh, yeah, as soon as I've done that, Jonesy will get it up on the channels. Head on over to We Are West Ham Podcast on YouTube for the opposition view ahead of the Anderlecht game in the Europa Conference League on Thursday night because we didn't have time, unfortunately, to get it in to the podcast this week. Many apologies. Uh, Hope you keep the faith with us despite that slight oversight and stay with us because we'll have Jack Rosser from The Sun, former West Ham correspondent at the Evening Standard, does a lot of West Ham coverage for The Sun newspaper now and big Saints fan alongside it to look ahead to Sunday's game, West Ham v Southampton at St Mary's, two o'clock kickoff in the Premier League. Joining us once again on the We Are West Ham podcast is my friend 
And now colleague Jack Rosser, sports journalist extraordinaire from The Sun, former uh, West Ham correspondent for the Evening Standard. Had a bit of a bigger patch than that, but was a big West Ham guy. Uh, you can tell he's, he's closet hammers only when they're not playing. His beloved Saints, who they are this weekend uh, on Sunday. Jack, thanks for coming back on the show again, mate. We always love chatting to you. Of course, uh, I went down to St. Mary's the other weekend. Uh, I had the boy. yeah pleasure, seems a bit of a, of a strong word, um, but I had the duty, I think it is, <laughs> the paid duty, the paid obligation to go down there and work um, for the Everton game. Went one new up undeservedly, collapsed within five minutes, saw an equally uh, struggling Everton or struggling at the time, come back and win 2-1. Hazen Hootel wasn't happy, understandably, after the game, had those panicked vibes that you see from managers who are under pressure in the press conferences. Uh, nine games played, two wins, a draw and six defeats, 17th, hovering precariously above the relegation zone. Uh, is the picture as gloomy and grim as I've just painted it? Put it this way, at the moment, even I'd have to be paid to go. <laughs> it's not good. It's really not good. No. I think there's, just, there's just a sense of like, Harson Hootel's done brilliant things. You know, we've had some great memories playing under him. We've beaten every single one of the top six under him, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and he's been there a long time and done some great work with what's for the most part, been a fairly awful squad. Um, but there's now a sense that it's just run its course, really. Um, you don't want it to get toxic. You know, St Mary's is a diff very different place to social media. Social media has been toxic for for years on Saints, but, um, well, on any club. But there's broadly been support. <laughs> on any issue Mary's. ever. Yeah. There's broadly been support of St Mary's, but I think that is now waning. Um, I think we, we've had three wins from our last... 21 games or something like that 12 points from 21 games um and it's you know the fans have shown quite admirable patience really i think and now there is a feeling that you know this is this is probably it they are considering his position i think it's more a case that they haven't got anyone lined up to replace him um that is holding things back so west ham could well be his last game it's funny jack because you mentioned the fans in the atmosphere there there was muted booze at half time uh, at that Everton game, and it was Everton were far better. Like if it had been two 0 to Everton at half time, that would have been a surprise to nobody. It was only through really uh, quite a lack of end product and quality in the final third from them. Um, but they had the vast majority of the ball. Saints struggling to get their foot on the ball, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and the the atmosphere there were again. It was very very muted. There's a couple of boos. General feeling of ugh, sort of disgruntlement. Yeah. Um, but it was okay. And then after the game, even then, it was just, it was more, it felt like a club and a fan base who were almost just like a bit resigned to it, which Completely is a, a different worrying. Yeah. 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 Not that much anger or anything. It's no. just like, God, this the is rubbish. The football has it's been, been really like stale. This for a while. The football has been it's really, really stale. The summer was quite mm. exciting for a lot of fans. We spent a lot of money, which obviously under new ownership and absolutely not used to. I think it was about 60 million they spent on some really exciting players. They were a bit unlucky in that, I say unlucky, they didn't get the striker that Ralph wanted and desperately needed. You can see from, I think, I didn't see the whole of the Everton game, but, you know, there were chances there that a proper striker puts away, but we've got Shea Adams and Adam Armstrong. 
and the only other option is Theo Walcott. So there's not the and Sekumara, who's a child. Um, so there's not a lot <laughs> that they can do really if they're creating the chances and they're not being put away. The same happened at Wolves. There was a load of chances. Shay Adams decided to handball one from a yard out instead of head it. Um, and then Aston Villa, there was there was nothing that was really bad. But it, the performances, they don't seem to be doing the sort of, you know, proactive, pressing, attacking football that Ralph is famous for and is what, what has brought results in the past. Uh, they tried it against Man City for the first half, which is, you know, of any game this season to pick to do that, <laughs> that's a good idea, isn't it? But, um, I mean, you know, we've done that before and caused teams like Man City problems. That's how we, we got two draws against them last year. We beat yeah. them behind closed doors. The, at St Mary's doing that. But that's just stopped. We're not doing it against <clears throat> Everton, Aston Villa, Leeds. It's not happening. It's not clicking. Um, and the, the, the football has just been safe and stale. You know, they've been unlucky in that Romeo Lavia got injured. He's fantastic. Came in from City, thrown straight in and was superb. But, you know, if, if the form is nosediving quite so drastically because of the loss of an 18-year-old, then something's up. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was just one of those games where before the game, Everton were in trouble as well. I think they were maybe a point above you at the time or on the same points ahead of the game. And it was one of those. At home, you think, this, here we go. For one team here, this could be a little bit of a mini platform. Like, And it was there for the taking. When Saints go one, one up, it was against a runner play, but you think... Hold on to this for 15 minutes and Everton's bottle will go because it'll be it'll become more and more apparent that they're gonna lose another game. Oh my god, we're on this and they were on they'd been unbeaten, and I think it was six unbeaten they went with that uh win against you guys, but four of them were draws. The and the one of them was against West Ham, their wins, which was hardly like they weren't superb. So mm. still big question marks there, but it does appear to have given them a bit of a a bit of a boost off the back of that. Um, and it just, it was just a strange one because there was lots of talk after, oh, Pickford was brilliant and all that sort of thing. I think there was maybe a 20-minute spell in the second half, once you'd once Saints had gone behind, where they were sort of, people would like to dress it up as through the kitchen sink at Everton. They didn't. They had mm. some more chances yeah, they than had the chance. zero they had in the first half. Yeah. And... Pickford's the pick saves Pickford made made excuse me barring one which was all right quite decent from Adam Armstrong who probably should have done better once he'd come off the bench. Um, other than that, it was pretty routine saves and and although they it looked busier in their half, it was just like they were winning quite happy yeah. to sit back soak it up which invited a few more chances on but none of them were really scary. Um, you signed Joe. You mentioned the money you spent there. Where where did that money go, Jack? Because I think Joe Aribo came in from Rangers, who scored your goal in in the uh, in the first half. Um, but where where else did that go in that team? Uh, the Fendi Bella Kotchap, is it? Is he? Is yeah, he mostly it went to Man City. Right, not half their academy. Um, but no, Bella Kotchap's a fantastic signing. So there are there are some encouraging things. I'm being very miserable because I quite like them to change the manager, but there are some <laughs> encouraging things. Bella Kotchap looks genuinely fantastic. He's a superb defender. He was excellent against United at home. A game they lost 1-0, but probably should have got something out of. And then he was even better when we beat Chelsea uh, under Tuchel, 2-1 at St Mary's. 
just for his age, really intelligent, strong, quick, the sort of, you know, proactive defender we've really needed. We've had years of Yannick Vestergaard and Jan Bednarak, you know, who dictate the way you defend, which is very deep and quite poorly. And <laughs> he's, been, he's been really good. He's, he's young, so you're going to have patches, a bit like Salisu, but there are two defenders there that are, you know, strong, quick, know what they're doing and can have a fight with any centre-forward, basically. And then we've also backed that up with uh, Keleta Carr, who is someone that West Ham yeah about three years. And I've not... I, he played... Again, I think he played against Everton, didn't he? Yeah, that was his first game. Yeah. Him, yeah, I didn't see how he played. But, you know, that when you're looking around for a centre-half as a bit of cover and you bring him in on deadline day, that's really encouraging. Yeah, uh, the kids we've got from City, Lavia, one of them, Bazunu, the goalkeeper, who, um, through no fault of his own, has had a fairly rough start because we can't keep hold of the ball, so he's just facing shot after shot after shot, yeah, and racking up some numbers. Um, but has like made some very good saves from Haaland at the weekend. Uh, and then we've got two down the left, a little left back, who I think played against Everton as well, Barrios. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did look then, very good, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then Sam Adozi, who is another winger from City, who just seems to love taking people on, which is quite nice to see when you've yeah. had um, when you've had years of Nathan Redmond. <laughs> the uh, yeah, it was just it, it. It was just funny. You could just tell. And you, you're mentioning you said there about feel like it's run its course. Just before we move on then to the uh, the the actual game <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, you, you've sort of alluded to how you feel about the Hasenhutl situation already. There were I was sort of talking afterwards and uh, on the radio, and it was put to me that, well, yeah, but Hasenhutl is clearly a good manager. He's done a good job at Southampton within the situation he was in. He came from a good job before. I think he was at Leipzig, was it? Yeah. You got him from before. Um, he came from a good job there to take the Southampton one. He has been somewhat hampered with the squad, and there is a belief that you know, at a, they're just a, a club the next tier up, that he could do a, a very decent job somewhere with a with a bit of a better squad. And who are Saints going to get? You, what what's the feel? It, it, does it feel just more of a, a time thing because it's been so yeah, long is, and it's going stale? A, or... He's clearly a good manager, and it was a bit of a coup when they got him. Um, I think I remember Martin Simmons saying that he rang five or six people to ask about Hassan Hutel when they were looking for someone to replace Pellegrino, I think it was. Mm. Um, no, Mark Hughes. Uh, see, we've had so much crap over the years that they all blow <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot. few, haven't you? Yeah. Um, but everyone that he rang said, You won't be able to get him. And then they did. So it was definitely a coup. He's been a very good manager. He clearly is a very competent, good manager. And like you say, say, I don't know, he went and then Leicester moved on from Rodgers. He might be able to go to Leicester and do a really good job somewhere like that with with a new squad. Yeah, a place at Everton, I wouldn't have thought. You know, no, Lampard's only like proving himself to be a tactical do, genius, is he? Yeah, I'm sure he could do a really good job at clubs like that. And um, it, the fact is, he's had a long time with the same squad. He doesn't speak to them, really. He doesn't communicate with them. He's very my way or the highway which is fine when you're top of the league in November or in the top 10. If you've got three wins from your last 21 and he's not listening to any of the comments his players have got to make, then there's an issue there and they stop playing for him. I think that's what it is. There's a 
I listened to a bit of the radio on the way to a game at the weekend. It was a, the coverage of Man City Saints and the build up to that. It was almost like, a, you know, oh, Saints fans don't know what they've got here. You know, a bit like, you know, right. patronizing, you know, you can't do better. Yeah. Yeah. But there is, you know, I've got to the point where I'd rather go down trying than go down playing like this. So, yeah, it's not a let's keep him just so we can push on and, you know, we think we can be this top six club. Mm. Every club thinks they can do what West Ham have done in the last couple of years. And we did it under Kuman before that. So, you know, you can do it, but that's not the sort of aim. I just want to watch something exciting. Palatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not even exciting. Yeah. Palatable. But, <laughs> but you can see that there's an idea and that they're all on board with it. That's what fans want to see. And that's not what they've got anymore. No, that 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 is exactly what it was. It it seemed a team who are just eleven players are out there, and they know yeah. that the basic premise of football is to pass the ball to each other yeah. and sort of get time. it out that end and try and get it in the goal. But the uh, any sort of form of how we're going to do that or how we should do it, there seemed yeah. like lots of running, but no real. It was a lot of working, semi hard, and not at all smart. But Canning, um, yeah. Niles is there and. Well, yeah. Why? <laughs> peculiar, very yeah. peculiar. Um, when you just quickly, Paul, uh, you say he doesn't talk to him. Is that like one of those sort of managers who has some of them have that approach, whereby a lot of the coaches do all his coaching yeah. for him, or the, the coach, sort of thing, he, I or think what? he takes a bit of a stand back, standoffy. I spoke to Jan Valerie a couple of weeks ago, and he spoke mm. to the Athletic as well, um, and he just sort of said he doesn't. He, everyone knows he won't speak to you. The coach, you have a great relationship with the coach. You don't have much of a relationship with the manager. And it's why, you know, he fell out with Redmond, he fell out with Cedric, he fell out with Bertrand. There's a long, there's a reason why a lot of senior players have moved on. Not yeah. that not that all of them are good enough to play, but there is a reason yeah. why they've looked elsewhere. Yeah, peculiar approach. Anyway, Jack, look, Southampton home to West Ham on Sunday. West Ham seemed to have finally started, uh, you know, piecing some things together. A couple of bits of luck and some decisions gone our way, which weren't at the beginning of the season, not in the Forest and Chelsea game in particular. We were on the bit of a rough end. I never felt it was as bad as the table was suggesting anyway. Fortunately, we've now picked up a couple of wins that have certainly quietened the... Um, or sort of hushed the vocal negative um, section of West Ham fans on. Never on too far away, are they? No, 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 never, mate. Exactly as you well know. Um, so yeah, West Ham sort of look. You know, I, I mean, we're only thirteenth. Let's not get carried away. Um, they've owned the exact same stats as Southampton. Only they've turned one of Southampton's six defeats into a victory. So five defeats for West Ham, a draw, and three wins. Um, going great guns in Europe, to be fair. And I, I was just sort of urging patience and wait until some of these new signings clicked, which looks like what has happened. Um, what's your what's your take? You've seen probably more of West Ham this season than you have Saints. Um, what, what, what have you made of it so far? I think you're right in that they are starting to click. It is all, you know, it was a big summer. Yeah. Moyes made it clear all last year that it was going to be a big summer. And it needed to be a big summer. They got what they needed and wanted, I think. There, you know, there was a couple of deals that obviously went for Brozier over Skamaka. That didn't happen. But Skamaka looks a fantastic signing. Looks like someone that can make a striker that can make something out of nothing. Whereas 
you've had Antonio before, who for all his makes nothing out of something. Makes nothing out of something, yeah. <laughs> but you only need to see his goal against Fulham, where he's clean through and manages to piddle it at the keeper. The most Mikel Antonio yeah. goal there ever was. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and he is brilliant, and he would be a nightmare to play against. But you just for the level you're aiming to be at, you need someone that scores. When they're there, you know they can. You know, nine times out of ten, they'll score the easy goals, yeah. which you could never be sure of with Antonio. Um, they've been unlucky at the back. Agard, obviously, um, getting injured in pre-season. Kara, who's been good, but had that rocky start. Uh, did he give away a penalty? Yes, did he go away a penalty and scored an own goal. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Joan, Jonesy, who you know, is in love with him already just because he's banged the chest and given it the come on to the crowd a couple of times. Easily um, swayed, isn't he? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think that they've got a very good squad now. They've got a deeper squad. Um, there's still the, the underlying issues of some of the fringe players not being quite up to the standard. Um, side Benrahma will always be a frustration for most of the coaching staff. And, and yet you'll get screamed at by huge sections of the fan base if you suggest such a thing. I'm, yeah. I'm exactly the same, but there's such a weird divide. I have there called is, him to play a, a couple of times this season, but there is a like, there's a significant portion. Like this is it's almost fifty fifty yeah. of people who think he should be starting each and every week. No doubt about it. He, 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 he's very he can make things happen. He's good at a Cruyff turn, but yeah, but it's the end product. product. That's what, yeah, that's what a manager wants. That's what you look at Jared Bowen who a couple of years ago was one of the most frustrating players in the Premier League because he would get all the way there and couldn't finish. Mm. And now you look at the Jared Bowen you've got that has honed that and he's reliable in front of goal. If Ben Rama can do that, you've got one hell of a player and you've really got brilliant options. But he can't do that at the moment. But no, I think, you know, squad-wise, they're in a good place. Corne looks like a decent addition. Um, I'm not sure how long he's out for, but he looks like a decent Decent addition. Um, Flynn Downs adds a bit of depth. It looks like from afar that Suchek is starting to pick things up a bit again and maybe not have to play mm. quite as much as he was before. I think uh, that's the key to it, yeah. I mean, he was he was knackered and quite bad last season. Um, so <laughs> just a great the, combo, is it? Yeah. Just having the options to rotate through there is a massive benefit to give him or, or Rice a rest. So, no, I think they're in good shape. It was always going to take a little bit of time to click, I think, with so many new faces. Um, just look at Forest, you know, that West Ham or that, but on a, a much, much, much smaller scale. But, uh, you know, six or seven signings is a big summer for any club to have to settle them all in. Saints have had something similar and they're all kids there. But, no, I think they're in a good place. Moyes was always going to get time. There was... Yeah, too right. There was the pressure that always comes with, you know, people weren't happy with the start to the season. And there is always a bit of pressure that comes with that. And he's not naive and we'll know that. But um, he was always going to have a bit of credit in the bank to turn it around. And he's done that. So yeah. I think they're in a good place now. Yeah, uh, that, that feeling certainly shared by, by myself. And uh, as you mentioned about Jonesy being easily swayed, of course, two weeks ago, it was doom and gloom. Big questions oh, yeah. over David Moyes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Oh, are we ever going to see 
uh, West Ham had scale the heady heights that we had the last two seasons. Oh, this is all going to get in my lifetime. It was very, very doom and gloom from Jonesy. But no, you know, a couple of couple of wins, one against Anderlecht and uh, a dodgy one against Fulham. And all of a sudden, the sun is shining bright. There's rainbows in the sky. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, coming in, St Mary's West Ham on Sunday. How's it going to play out, sort of style wise? What do you expect from your team and and ours? I don't expect a lot from my team. Uh, <laughs> Draws a line under that. I do, I, <laughs> it's a difficult one. We've we've started fast in some games and then fallen to pieces, or we've started slowly and then in quite a lot of games, especially earlier in the season, have turned it around. Um, it depends if Lavia is back. I'm not quite sure where he's at, maybe a week or two away still. But they've been, you know, for the we had a really poor record at your place for a while, but they've been, for the last season or two, they've been good competitive games. Um, so I think it's two teams still not completely convinced of what they're doing, hmm. but albeit in, going slightly different directions. So I don't imagine it's going to be a free-flowing Superb advert for the Premier League, but I think it'll be a two-one either way. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah, I just—it's uh, a strange one. Southampton are sort of one of those teams where, a bit like Fulham and Aston Villa, I never get at all nervous. But I don't think our record away at Saints is quite as good as yeah. perhaps I've lulled myself into thinking it. It's a lot of draws, I think, at St Mary's. Yeah, yeah. It's never there's ne like you know, Fulham and Villa Park, we normally have a, a three one or a four nil thrown in there every couple of seasons and you think that's okay, but I don't think that's really ever the case uh at Saints. But you also don't feel too worried about um going there to get a result. Certainly not at the moment, you're going 2-1 either way. Jack, we really appreciate you coming on the show again. It's looking good. Are you going to go down then? Because, you know, Leicester look like they're picking up. Wolves aren't terrible. They've made it. They're making a change in the process of at the moment, manager-wise. Forrest, I think, and, you know, I don't know if I am professionally should say this, think and hope are doomed. Um, just only given the reaction of their fans uh, after their scandalously lucky victory over West Ham earlier in the season and their reaction, of course, to Jesse Lingard's signing. Um, but then above you, you've got Villa, Palace, Leeds, West Ham, Everton, Brent Brentford, which takes you up to 11th. And none of those teams really feel or look like they're in crisis. No. They're all good functioning Premier League clubs who could put a performance together. It's going to be it's going to be a very difficult season. Um, I think the the only target is to stay up, really. Although I wouldn't mind a year in the championship just to win a couple of games. That would be alright, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, I think. I I think there is more to be got out of this squad than is than clearly is currently happening. So I think if they don't make a change soon, I think it's inevitable they make a change before the World Cup. Um, which I'd rather happen sooner rather than later then I think there is a chance we stay up because I think Bournemouth won't be able to keep it up. Um, Forest, I don't think we'll be able to put anything together, really. Um, and then you just see how you go. If you can put this, it's going to be a strange season. Runs at different times will have a bigger impact than they might have done in a normal season. So you can almost have a refresh after the World Cup. If we can make a change now and pick up a few points between now and the World Cup and then really go for it after then, then I think we'll be okay. But it is going to be a bit of a challenge. 
Well, there we go. I mean, you are the solitary Southampton fan that I know. So, um, um, in years gone by, I wouldn't have cared at all. I would have been totally apathetic were Southampton to go down. But uh, you may be surprised to hear, but purely on the strength of uh, of my friendship with you, uh, that you I actually we went like down. Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly that way. Now that, um, that's, yeah, it does, it does feel like a change is needed, and perhaps a little bit of a few seasons of just selling your biggest and best players every single season without fail. He's perhaps catching up with you a bit, but look, that game at Sunday, two o'clock at St Mary's, West Ham at Southampton. Jack Rosser, uh, sports journalism extraordinaire from the Sun newspaper there. Jack, appreciate you coming on the show again, mate. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. And stay with us because you'll have some final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. Well, there we have it, Jonesy. Another packed show. We're back to two reactions and two look-aheads. A double-double. Um, lots to cover. Exciting times for West Ham once again, just like it was last season, on the back of a perfect week. Couldn't have got any better. Um, two wins from two. And hopefully, same again. And no reason to, to think that we won't be able to have that this week to be honest, Jonesy, and Elect and Southampton coming up. What are your thoughts going into another packed week for West Ham United? Much more positive this week. I've enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm confident ahead of Thursday night. Um, really, really confident we'll make it four from four. Good prediction, please. In the, in the group. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0. Okay. Nice, nice and comfortable. Another clean sheet would be nice. Uh, and then on uh, the weekend against Southampton, I, for some reason, I always get really... Nervous going away to Southampton. I don't know. It's really? One those, it's one of those places where I just think, oh, that's, that's a real tough place to go. They, go, they <laughs> think they, we should win and never yeah, do. Yeah, yeah they, they could be bottom of the league and have not, not scored all season. And I'd still be like, oh, Southampton away. Like, it's going to be a little bit dodgy, this one. Um, but I, I think we, given we're building up a little bit of momentum, Declan Rice has said that. Um, and if we can win on Thursday, that would give us a little bit more going into the weekend. Um, I'm. I, I think we'll we'll get we will get three points, and I'm going to say two one. Two one, like it. I like it. Another perfect week, Jones. He's going for four wins from four. I'm going to uh, not to rain on the parade a little bit. I'm going to go one all against Anderlecht. Still for a decent side. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Very sorry. Yeah, one all against Anderlecht. Um, well, I'm going uh, on Thursday night. I've got a golf day during the day, so I've just got to 100% confirm I'm going to be able to get away from that quick enough and get up to London Stadium. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, that's why I'm thinking it's going to be one all because I, I'm, I'll be going up there. Um, and then the Southampton one at the weekend, I saw them play Everton uh, the other week at home. I was at St Mary's for that one. And they were, frankly... Uh, terrible. Therefore, they're absolutely desperate for a win. Uh, so therefore, mm -hmm. I've got a horrible feeling as well that they might do us 1-0. But I'm going to go one all as well. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going to go 2-1 to West Ham. No, I'm going to 2-1 to West Ham. Yeah, yeah. definitely going to win. Um, no doubt about it. But I'll take that. Uh, four unbeaten 
um, if we manage that. Three wins and a draw from four, including last week's games, will be absolutely great and we'll be edging towards uh, the knockout stage of the Conference League as well. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore James is at by James Jones. You can get us on Instagram at we are West Ham pod. Facebook, we're we are West Ham podcast. Search the same thing on YouTube where you'll find an ever-growing channel. Thanks to James Jones's superb curation uh, and management of our YouTube channel. Subscribers going up, engagement going up. So get over there. If you fancy getting involved, you can watch all of this content in video format. You can see uh, my new clean shave, whether you like that or not. Jonesy hasn't bothered, but he's got a lovely shacket on. So it's uh, it's Thanks. definitely worth subscribing to the YouTube. Uh, you can buy, say, beer and support the podcast as well uh, from um, the beers are a five for each. That's at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. And as you know, the money goes straight to me and Jonesy. We only either spend it over a bar or on podcast equipment and guests to make the show better for you guys. Uh, that's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. And you can email us at wearewestampod at gmail.com. If you like, all the links to the ways you can get involved and get in touch are in the description to this podcast. And that is it for another week. A perfect win week even for West Ham United. Two wins from two. You can see the Moisire always knew it was going to turn around. I always knew it was going to turn around. James Jones was a little bit more doubtful than me in the weeks gone by, but his mood has turned. And if his mood has turned, then so can all of yours. West Ham United are still massive. Two huge games coming up this week and elect at home in the Conference League on Thursday before a trip to Southampton at the weekend. Thanks to all the guests for the opposition view this week. Thank you lot for listening. As I've just reminded you, West Ham are massive everywhere they go. Up the hammers and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.